Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. You are now tuned into the Cherry Picking Podcast with your host, Andre Cherry. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you for downloading another episode of the Cherry Picking Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Cherry. And on this podcast episode today, we'll break down a recap of week two action, and then we'll also preview week three action within college football, power five. We've only got two conferences playing out of five power five conferences, and so we'll dive right in. So if we take a look at my week two locks within the power five conferences, we only have the ACC and the Big 12 playing. In the ACC, I had North Carolina over Syracuse. I got a win there. Pretty convincingly, North Carolina beats Syracuse 31-6. to Quarterback Sam Howell balled out for the UNC Tar Heels, going 25 of 34 for 295 yards and one touchdown. But he did throw two picks to the Syracuse defense, so that's never a good thing. But Carolina's defense, on the other hand, had seven sacks on the Syracuse QBs and also had 11 tackle for losses. So the defense was getting after it. And UNC lives to see another day. Between the two teams, they did commit a total of 17 penalties for a total of 151 yards. So if North Carolina expects to win against the powerhouse teams from the ACC, and yes, there are powerhouse teams other than Clemson, who's on another level from everyone, but I'm talking about teams like Virginia Tech, teams like Miami, that'll be good this year. Pittsburgh will be good as well. UNC is going to have to step up and play better than they did in the, the win over Syracuse, even though it's 31-6. to There were a lot of mistakes. There were a lot of ugly penalties that could have cost UNC if it were a better team they were playing. So I'm just calling that out there, just something to, to keep note of as we move forward in ACC action. But my first ACC lock, North Carolina wins big over Syracuse. And then if we look at another ACC team, Notre Dame. It's kind of funny to say that, that Notre Dame is in the ACC, but they are this year. They get a win over Duke, 27-13. Notre Dame's quarterback, Ian Book, threw for 263 yards in one touchdown. However, Irish sophomore running back, Kyron Williams, accounted for over 200 yards of total offense with two touchdowns. He's definitely going to be someone to watch out for this season. His stats set a school record in conference play. So Kyron Williams is the big winner out of the Notre Dame versus Duke game. Like I said, the Irish hold on to get a 27-13 victory over Notre Dame. But for sure, the Irish roll on. And Kyron Williams is someone that you're going to have to keep tabs on because he's going to be a superstar, no doubt. Then if we look at the Big 12, my loss this week came from the Big 12. And that was Iowa State over Louisiana. That's what I thought was going to happen, but Louisiana actually beat Iowa State by a score of 31-14. to I really thought Iowa State's effort would match the same level of hype that surrounds this team coming, in, coming into the season. Iowa State was ranked in the AP. I believe they were 23 in the AP poll from last week. But the Raging Cajuns forced two turnovers in this game, and the Cyclones quarterback Brock Purdy was limited to only 145 yards through the air, and he had one interception. Louisiana had two big returns on special teams, one of which was a kick return and also a punt return touchdown in this game to help upset the Cyclones at home. 
So that's a major blow for Iowa State, a team that was thought to be at the top of the Big 12 this year. And they certainly can still be at the top, but losing to Louisiana is not a good look as you're moving forward this season. Uh, that's that's a rough loss, a rough go, and that's my loss in the Power 5 uh, locks for this week. In the Big 12, I also had Texas over UTEP. They get a win there, no problem, 59-3 on the arm of Sam Ellinger, who went off. He threw for 25 of 33 for 426 yards and five touchdowns. So Sam Ellinger is looking like a G for Texas, and they're going to be a team to look out for, no doubt. It's going to be Texas and Oklahoma until the end, I'm telling you. Then in the ACC, I had a victory of Miami over UAB. That was my third lock uh, from the ACC this week. And Miami gets a pretty pretty nice win over UAB by the score of 31-14. to Transfer quarterback De'Eric King will be a player to watch out for this season for the Hurricanes. He threw for 144 yards with one touchdown and was also the second leading rusher in the game with 83 yards on 12 carries with one touchdown. So De'Eric King is looking looking pretty comfortable there for Miami. It's going to get tougher pretty soon here. And I'm talking like week two action or week three technically for the ACC as they, they are about to face Louisville this weekend. So it, uh, it's, it's not going to be easy with this new quarantine slate that these teams are playing where you've eliminated the non-conference schedule save for one game for Miami. And the Big 12 also has a similar format where they're playing, I think, one one or two non-conference games, and then the rest of the slate will be in conference. So it's it's going to get tough here pretty soon, and I'm talking like this week. But for week two action, those are my locks. I went 4-1. and one. This week I'm going to try to go 5-0. and oh. I'm going to try to go 5-0 and oh on my straight-up predictions. And so let's run down those picks for week three, shall we? In the week three ACC locks for this week, I'm taking Pittsburgh over Syracuse. I think Pitt wins pretty big over Syracuse. This team just doesn't, Syracuse doesn't seem like they're going to be much of a threat this year. And Pittsburgh is one of the better teams out of the ACC, or at least they were last season. So I'm expecting Pitt to roll big this weekend. They did beat Austin P like 55-3 to last weekend. But that certainly is no indicator of what they'll do in the ACC, but I still think Pitt is just on another level, one of the better teams in the ACC, and Syracuse is just not in a good place. Pretty rough loss last week to UNC, and also the penalties committed in that game aren't pretty either, and if you commit eight penalties in a game against Pittsburgh, you're definitely going to lose. So Pitt over Syracuse, and then in the ACC, I'm also taking UCF over Georgia Tech, if you recall, UCF won the national championship about three seasons ago. And so I think that the reigning national champions, because I think they're still reigning champions, even though they won it three years ago, they're going to beat Georgia Tech. And I think Georgia Tech got a great win over Florida State last weekend, no doubt. You know, you got to give them their props. You got to give former Temple head coach Jeff Collins his due respect. But I still think the Yellow Jackets are still maybe a year or so away from playing consistent competitive football in the ACC. I think this weekend is going to be a, a tough matchup. It's going to be a good test for Georgia Tech if they can get an upset victory. And I call it upset because I believe UCF is ranked in the AP. I think that's going to be great momentum for Jeff Collins as they roll on into ACC play. So 
I'm taking UCF over Georgia Tech. In the Big 12, I'm taking Oklahoma State over Tulsa. I think the Cowboys are ready to go. And if you recall, this was my week two lock from last weekend, but that game got postponed. So I'm thinking that my money is still going to still going to ride on Oklahoma State. And so I'm taking the Cowboys over Tulsa. Big 12, I'm taking Baylor over Houston. And really, I'm just curious how this team will do at Baylor with a, an entirely new coaching staff as Matt Rule has departed on to the NFL. He's with the Carolina Panthers. So I'm curious to see what Baylor will do over Houston. I think Baylor will win this matchup. But again, I'm curious to see how this team will uh, come out this season. They did really well last season. I was really hoping that the Baylor Bears could have won the the, the Big 12 last year. They came up just short. But uh, still, Baylor will be a team that uh, I'll be keeping my eyes on this year out of the Big 12. Then in the ACC, I'm going to take Duke over BC. I think Duke quarterback and former Clemson transfer Chase Bryce is going to have a big game this weekend for Duke. I just It's just a feeling that I have, and uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. So I'm taking Duke over BC. So if I recap those picks for you all, in the ACC, I'm taking Pitt over Syracuse. I'm taking UCF over Georgia Tech. I'm taking Duke over BC. And then, and then in the Big 12, I'm taking Oklahoma State over Tulsa. And then Baylor over Houston. So those are my week three locks out of the ACC in the Big 12 for this weekend. Book them, count them down, hold on to them. Those are the locks. Hopefully we go 5-0 and this weekend. And I'm excited to see how everything plays out. So right now we're going to take a quick timeout. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of the break, we'll recap some of the games from week two action. And then I'll also preview week three matchups that I'll have my eyes on this weekend. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Sit tight. In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the big four North American sports leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones, internet memes, sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. Hello, my name is Jacob. And I'm his co-host, five-year-old Olivia. Do you have kids? And are your kids curious? If you answered yes, you should check out Curious Kid Podcast, a weekly educational podcast for curious kids and grown-ups. Every week we learn about another topic. We've already learned about spiderwebs, batteries, the moon, and so much more. You can find us at CuriousKidPodcast.Buzzsprout.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Andre Cherry, your host of the Cherry Picking Podcast. On the first half of this episode, I dove into my week two locks. Uh, I also previewed my week three locks within the ACC and the Big 12. 
on this side of the podcast episode. I do want to talk about some of the college football news from this past weekend. And the biggest news, of course, was the fact that the Big 12 Conference as a whole took a major L this past weekend. The Big 12 played uh, a few of its games against the Sun Belt this weekend. And the Sun Belt is a conference that actually began playing football in 2001 on the FBS level. They've only won nine times versus 70 losses in games against the Big 12. A third of those wins came on Saturday afternoon. This is something that no one probably saw coming. I I certainly didn't see the Big 12 losing the way it did to some of the teams from the the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, They lost three games, to be exact. And it's uh, it's sad for the Big 12 because we only have we're only going to have three Power Five conferences play football this season, or at least that's what we assume to be the case. Certainly waiting on whatever the Big Ten is going to do. But right now, as it stands today, the ACC and the Big 12 are the only Power Five conferences in action right now, soon to be followed by the SEC. So you would think with less competition. The time is perfect. The time is right for teams within the Big 12 Conference, teams within the ACC, to play their best football now in the hopes of making it to the college football playoffs. You have better odds because there are less teams involved. And so week one action, you're playing non-conference schedule. You would think that these teams would capitalize on that opportunity, but they didn't. They squandered that chance. And teams that I'm, I'm talking about most specifically we had number 25, Iowa State. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, we also had Kansas State lost to Arkansas State. And then Kansas lost to Coastal Carolina. Of the teams I just mentioned, the only team that I thought maybe had a shot of losing their game was the Kansas versus Coastal Carolina matchup. Because after all, it is still Kansas that we're talking about. Even though they've got less miles and even though they got all that swagger, Kansas is still Kansas right now, and they play a really tough schedule. So I thought, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. They'll beat Coastal Carolina, even though they lost to them last year. I thought that the team would want revenge. They'd want payback. They would get that in the form of a W this weekend, but they lost to Coastal Carolina. But outside of outside of Kansas, I didn't see Iowa State losing, and I definitely didn't see Kansas State losing either. Iowa State was ranked in the AP. Iowa State is a team that's been really competitive these last few years. And so I thought that Iowa State would be a team to look out for in the Big 12. And they still could be, but this knocks them down quite a bit. Any momentum they had coming into this season is certainly uh, diminished, is certainly squandered by the fact of them losing to Louisiana Lafayette. So that's, uh, that's no good. That's no good if you are... A Big 12 fan, that's that's no good if you are a fan of either of those schools that I mentioned because it's going to get tough. Number six, Oklahoma looked really well. They look like they are legit. They replace their quarterback every year, but the quarterbacks that come in to play seem to pick up where the last quarterback left off. And so they're going to be a tough team to beat. Certainly Texas will be there as well. So, you know, there's not going to be much room for error in the Big 12 this season. If you're an Iowa State, or if you're a, a Baylor, or if you're a uh, Kansas State, even, so that's that's certainly not a good start for the Big Twelve, and I'm hoping 
that those teams can kind of rebound and, and fix their mistakes because I, I do like Iowa State. They're a team that I uh, pay close attention to just because because of the way they've been playing lately. Brock Purdy seems to be a legit quarterback, seems to be a good team there, a good coaching system in place. But when you when you lose the way you did to Louisiana and then you also make critical errors on special team, that's never a good thing. Whenever I see a team allow a, a punt returner or a kick returner to run one back for a touchdown, it just makes me believe that that team is sloppy. You know, they play sloppy special teams. They just, they're not, they're not playing good football. Certainly it feels good if, if your team's the one punt returning or kick returning for a touchdown. But when you're looking at the other team, when you break down on special teams, that's just, that's a critical error. And certainly you can changes to, to your personnel on special teams, but whenever that happens, it's just always so embarrassing. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen, but it does. And the fact that it happened twice in the Iowa State game, that's doubly embarrassing. So, yikes. So if we look ahead to some matchups from this upcoming weekend, there are a few games that I think you should have your attentions glued to. Uh, the first game is number 17, Miami versus number 18, Louisville. Miami had an impressive win this past weekend against UAB. They're going to be playing number 18, Louisville. And this is a team that finished second in the Atlantic in 2019. A team that... I think surprised some folks because, you know, new head coach in, in place. Um, I don't think expectations were quite as high for Louisville last season, but they, they did a lot with the opportunities that they had. Um, and I think a second p- place finish in the Atlantic next to Clemson is certainly uh, nothing to hang your hat on. I mean, that's, that's a great, great finish. And so I think this is going to be a competitive game, or at least I expect it to be. And so I'm curious to see who will, who will win this matchup versus number 17 Miami versus number 18 Louisville. It's going to be one of the better games this weekend. And so I want to keep that on your radar. And then I mentioned it previously during the Power 5 lock discussion, but UCF versus Georgia Tech. I'm curious to see if Georgia Tech can get another upset victory over its opponent in Week 3 action. I, I don't know that they will be able to do that, but if they do, that's a, a great win for Jeff Collins and his Yellow Jacket team. UCF is ranked number 14 in the AP, one of the better teams out of the AAC, and I think that's going to be a, a good watch, uh, especially considering the fact that they beat Florida State. And Florida State hasn't been the same Florida State that we've been accustomed to these several decades, but that's still a quality win to beat Florida State. And I believe it was on the road in Tallahassee, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. So this weekend, UCF versus Georgia Tech, that's going to be a game to, to watch out for. And then Oklahoma State versus Tulsa, number 11th ranked OK State. And just really curious to see how this team comes out, how this team performs. If you recall, in the postseason or in the offseason, there was some controversy surrounding the head coach, Mike Gundy. And it seems as if the team has come together after that event. And I'm really just curious to see how this team performs and um, what type of mission they may be on this season. So I know that as a team, they're trying to inspire social change and they're re- really focused on that as, as an initiative this season. So I, I really am curious to see how the team performs this weekend against Tulsa. I think it, it should be a blowout. Chuba Hubbard is a beast and I'm excited to see what he can do. So those are three games that I have on my radar this weekend. I think you should be on the lookout for them as well. It should be a fun week three 
weekend, and I can't wait to uh, see how everything unfolds. Before we go, I do want to just briefly talk about the Big Ten. Are they coming back? Nobody truly knows. Nobody on the outside knows what the plan will be. Uh, The Big Ten, they met on Sunday, but no vote on a return to play. And this is coming straight from ESPN, from Adam Adam Rittenberg and Heather Dinich. And I quote, the Big Ten's presidents and chancellors did not vote Sunday on whether to start the fall football season after hearing updated medical information and other presentations on a potential return to play. Sunday marked the second major meeting this weekend between the Big Ten's Return to Competition Task Force and university presidents and chancellors. And while Saturday's meeting was smaller and included only eight of the presidents and chancellors, Sunday's video conference was an opportunity for all three of the task force's subcommittees, medical, TV, and football scheduling, to present their plans to all 14 presidents and chancellors. The Detroit Free Press first reported that Sunday's meeting would not end in a vote. However, a formal vote is expected in the next few days, sources say. Uh, So the Big Ten's medical committee, subcommittee, which is co-chaired by Ohio State's lead team physician, Dr. Jim Borchers, and Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barbour outlined plans that, that not only included new testing possibilities, but also the latest information about myocarditis, uh, viral inflammation of the heart muscle, and other conditions found in athletes who recovered from COVID-19. The medical subcommittee includes lead team physicians from Northwestern, Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern, Indiana, and Maryland, as well as experts in sports medicine and infectious diseases. Sunday's presentation also broadened beyond the medical component to include more specifics about how and when the Big Ten could start the season, along with possible dates and the medical thresholds that each team must meet in order to return. So, and that's that's some of the article from ESPN. I've heard rumors, it seems like every, every few days, uh, that the Big Ten is going to come back in October. They're going to come back in November, no December. And just hearing just the... the random clatter and and Twitter tweets. Nobody truly knows what's going to go on. Nobody knows when it's coming, if it's going to happen. And frankly, I'm tired of hearing about it unless it does happen. It just, it's it's unfortunate what is happening right now. The fact that a lot of people are pissed off about the Big Ten not playing while the other conferences are playing. I think people feel a little like, what the hell? Like we should be out there as well all all these other conferences are able to do it why can't we go out there and so i think it seems as if we may be headed down a direction where the big 10 will probably eventually come back just today i saw a tweet online uh that said and and i'm getting this from ketv news watch 7 and the tweet says heard on hot mic university of nebraska president says big 10 football announcement comes tonight So if that's any sort of foreshadowing, we may have college football back soon here. We could have a vote that indicates that the chancellors and presidents decided to come back. So we'll see what truly happens. We'll see if we'll have football back. But I'm I'm still not entirely sold on the fact that we will have football the entire season. So I would hate for the Big Ten to come back and then just have to shut it down in a few weeks. There's a lot of hate spew towards Kevin Warren. I'm seeing a lot of stuff about Kevin Warren needs to get fired and seeing all sorts of GoFundMes and, and polls. And it's just, uh, 
it, it's just kind of crazy where we're at right now as just a collective whole and it seems as if the Big Ten may be coming back soon or it could be rumors but it just I'm kind of tired of hearing about it every other day and so if they're going to do it and if there's a possibility of them coming back I want to hear what it is I want to hear what that plan is and if they're not going to come back then stop wasting our time but just put a kibosh to this it's like we're done no football it just seems like there's the door is, is open slightly, and I, I don't know that it's helping things, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Either we're playing or not playing. If we are going to play, what is the date and time, and what are the logistics of having that happen? But anything other than that, I really don't care to hear about. Because Kevin Warren shared what the decision was from the chancellors and the presidents in the Big Ten that they don't want to play right now, that they're going to cancel until the spring. So I, I don't want to hear any more about people being upset about that decision because I don't think it's really helping anything so that's just my thoughts my feedback my opinions what do you guys think about the Big Ten possibly coming back do you want to see it don't you want to see it let me know hit me up on Twitter at cherry underscore picking hope you've enjoyed this podcast I appreciate you downloading this episode and listening and uh, and following along with me week three should be fun I'm excited to see how my power five locks do this weekend I'm excited to see the Miami versus Louisville game. That should be great. And then also UCF versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech seems to be on a little bit of a hot streak, and we'll see if they can use that this weekend. But with that, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to sign out. Take care, everybody. Please wash your hands. Wash your feet. Socially distance yourselves from others. And uh, be safe out there. Hope you have a great weekend watching college football. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. So Sam Ellinger is looking like a G. Thank you again for tuning into my Cherry Picking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to my show and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. All of my digital content can be found at the website cherrypickingsports.com. If you are looking to interact with me via social media, my Twitter handle is at cherry underscore pickin. That's P-I-C-K-I-N. On my Twitter, you'll also find a link to my blog where I post my weekly college football predictions and analysis. I can also be reached via email at cherrypickinsports at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to me regarding what you like about this podcast or about what content you'd like to hear more of on future episodes. I sincerely thank you for your support, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Take care.